And from Boise, Idaho, and Idaho Education News, this is the Extra Credit Podcast, your weekly rundown of what's going on in the legislature and guaranteed 100% free of House of Cards spoilers. Uh, I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And we're going to start where we started this week, bright and early Monday morning, the uh, the first look at the public schools budget. We were both there. You did the, the lead work on it. So walk us through the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think the big takeaway, two things. Uh, the budget that they wrote on Monday out of the Joint Budget Committee calls for a 6.8% increase in education funding for next year. But Kevin, as you saw, budget writers are taking a wait-and-see approach to budgeting. We talked about this last week on our podcast. We reported on this the week before. But there were four, up to four, uh, key education initiatives that did not receive funding on Monday. And that's part of the reason why we saw the budget that come out Monday. It is both less than what Governor Otter and Superintendent Ibarra called for at the beginning of the legislative session. And so far, it is less considerably than, uh, in terms of the percentage increase, it is less than what the legislature approved last year. So what's, right, right. So what remains to be settled? Well, we got a lot of issues remaining to be settled. Uh, big one is going to be literacy, and we'll talk more about that as we go. Uh, but you've got other pieces of this budget uh, trying to come up with some money for uh, student mobility, for students that move from one school to the next so that the schools could take on these new students, get some, get some money. Uh, you've got some leadership premium issues. You've got uh, you've got some some other programs that are kind of hanging fire. So it's a, it's a little bit of a work in progress, but that hasn't stopped the politicking uh, from from beginning. Uh, Democrats uh, this week criticized the budget proposal. They said that uh, today's students need a better budget. Curiously, this statement came. Uh, a couple of days after the budgets came out of that committee with unanimous support, even from right, the Democrats right. on JPEC. And then earlier we heard uh, you know, Brent Hill talking to reporters uh, at a press club luncheon on Tuesday saying that the K-12 through budget is going to be the high point of the 2016 session. I, I guess we'll see how high a point it is because a lot of numbers are still yet to be determined. Some things that we do know about the budget, even at this perhaps unfinished state, we know that two big priorities are receiving funding in there, and that's the second year in a row of teacher raises under the career ladder salary law that they passed in 2015, and also the move uh, to erase these recession-era cuts to discretionary spending. Some people call that operations funding, uh, but they're bringing up per-classroom spending levels to $25,696, which was the high-water mark reached before uh, the budget cuts and holdbacks after and 2008. Some, right. And this is something districts have been clamoring for for years. They've been pounding the drum on that issue for years. And obviously, it's gotten through to the legislature. Yeah, but so far, we're sitting at 6.8. We don't know the future of what's going to happen uh, on a couple of those proposals. And so we think we'll that... We'll watch those numbers. Yeah, we'll watch those numbers. We think that there may be... Three weeks, maybe four weeks left in the legislative session, so obviously still some details to iron out. But speaking of details being ironed out, Kevin, you learned more uh, about the broadband appeal that went before the state Supreme Court. Fill us in on what the latest is, if you would. Yeah, you know, it just it wouldn't be a legislative session without a broadband-related curveball <laughs> thrown at the legislature, and this is a big one. So the Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled unanimously that the contract governing the Idaho Education Network is null and void. 
well, why is that a big deal still? We don't have the Idaho Education Network online. Well, it is a big deal because you've got millions of dollars on the line right now. I mean, the state theoretically could be forced to return or write off $25 million in money uh, from the feds. Uh, the state may be forced to go back to the vendors and demand repayment to the tune of $30 million. Those same vendors could wind up suing the state over non-payment. That is still a possibility. And you've got legal fees, a new batch of legal fees that the legislature will have to pay. So what I tried to do after the ruling was talk to some legislators about, well, what's going on here? What's going on here is that uh, the legislature have been trying to come up with some sort of a settlement with the vendors. Now, that's a sticky wicket because the contract has been ruled illegal. They still wanted to try to find a settlement. Now that the Supreme Court has thrown out the contract, affirmed that the contract is, is illegal, those settlement talks are on hold. The one thing we do know, the one thing that was pretty clear, talking to Maxine Bell, uh, co-chair of, of JPAC, yep. she is saying we're going to have to cut a check for $930,000 in legal fees to Syringa Networks, the contractor that sued and got the contract thrown out. So another round of legal bills off of this project. That we do know is probably going to wind up being paid this session because the Supreme Court sided with the lower court and said Syringa is entitled to legal fees. So it just goes round and round and round. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll see if there's any more that comes out in this budgeting process. But uh, for sure, uh, more legal bills. More legal bills and even some unanswered questions uh, remaining. Speaking of unanswered questions, the Senate continues to wrestle with this bill uh, promoted by Senator Nuxle, having to do with using the Bible or religious texts in the classroom in an academic setting. Uh, what's the latest move out of the Senate, Kevin? Well, it, first of all, it feels like this whole podcast should be brought to you by the letter B here. We got your budget, you <laughs> yeah. got your broadband, now we got, got your Bible. <laughs> okay, so the Bible bill which is now kind of more of a religious text bill. It got, um, it didn't get taken up today. It was on the calendar. Uh, Friday was Idaho Day at the State House. A lot of ceremonies on both, uh, both House and Senate floors. So no action on this bill. What I found interesting during the course of the week, I talked to the education groups. Uh, none of them are taking a position on this bill, for or against it. But none of them are saying that there's really much of a problem that this bill is going to solve. You're right. You're allowed to essentially use the Bible uh, in, in classrooms today. Uh, right, right. I mean, teachers can use the Bible as a reference work. And in some cases, they are already using the Bible as a reference work. And what I asked the stakeholder groups, and here we're talking about the School Boards Association, we're talking about the school administrators, we're talking about the IEA, uh, the teachers' union, and none of the leaders said that, to their knowledge, they've had any problems that they've heard from any teachers, from any administrators. It seems to be pretty well understood. If you want to use the Bible as a reference work, you can do it. Now, Cheryl Nuxle is still pushing for the bill, and she's saying we still want clarification in state law. We do this all the time with other issues. I, you know, it, this thing came out of committee unanimously. I, yeah, we'll see what happens when it hits the full uh, Senate floor, and that could happen as early as Monday. All right, we will uh, we'll watch out for that. Lots of other news uh, that we wanted to get to this week. And an issue that you've followed really closely for, for months now, the whole issue of teacher evaluation surfaced in House Education on Thursday. Talk about the bill and, and talk about the backstory for those who are just getting caught up and why are teacher evaluations a big deal and what's this bill 
supposed to try to do. Sure. We saw a, a bill introduced Thursday from the chairman of the House Education Committee, uh, Reed DeMorna, Republican from Eagle. Uh, little news earlier in the session, he is not going to be running right. for re-election. But anyways, uh, an, an important and a powerful lawmaker on the education front, certainly while he holds his current position, he introduced a new bill that is designed to do a number of things, including provide additional oversight and hoping to improve the accuracy of teacher evaluations. And so why is this important? Why is this something that I've been watching for months? With the passage of the career ladder salary law that we mentioned earlier uh, today, they tied hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer funding to teacher contracts and teacher evaluations. And so under the career ladder, one of the ways that teachers can climb up and down the ladder and earn more pay is to reach certain benchmarks on these evaluations. And so if you're with me so far, it seems to make sense money and pay are tied to evaluations through the career ladder. That's it, pretty and straightforward. That was, to step back further, but really important to keep in mind, that was a big deal to legislators when they approved the career ladder in the first place, that there was uh, sort of a, a belief that if we're going to put more money into teacher pay, we would want to see some sort of uh, accountability measure, uh, some sort of uh, performance measure uh, as part of that equation. Exactly. And so it is the accountability piece that sort of probably enabled some lawmakers to vote for that, to free up all that money for teacher raises. And so what happened... Not long after the career ladder was signed into law, Idaho Education News came out with a big investigative report last year questioning the accuracy of these teacher evaluations. And working with our data an analyst, we were able to determine that school administrators from 32 of the state's 115 school districts and from numerous charter schools right. awarded every single one of their teachers' identical evaluation scores. It gets a little complicated at this point. There's up to four scores you can earn. There's the overall evaluation scores, and then there's different things that go into making that up. And but on top of that, you learn that it isn't just that, uh, it isn't necessarily that all of these teachers got the same grade, that in some cases the districts actually turned in uh, false information. We had superintendents, multiple superintendents telling us that they knowingly and falsely turned in teacher evaluation data with identical scores to the state because they were concerned about teacher privacy and whether the state had a right to know this information. And so the new bill that came out Thursday, it addresses the career ladder. It brings actually more people onto the career ladder. But in terms of the accountability, it calls on experts from the state's colleges of education to complete random audits and evaluations of these administrators' evaluations. They're checking a number of factors to see that the evaluations were complete and that the scores were input uh, correctly. And so it looks like the legislature is responding to these concerns, perhaps about the accuracy of teacher evaluations and wanting to take additional steps uh, to safeguard Representative DeMornot talked about teachers have an expectation across the state that these evaluations are going to be performed with fidelity and that a teacher in, for instance, West Ada could have the same expectations for his or her evaluation as anywhere else in the state. This is a brand new bill. It was just introduced on Thursday, and so it's sort of just beginning its legislative process. Uh, but I thought that that was interesting that lawmakers have responded to that, and we will continue um, to cover it as right. it goes forward in the late, certainly the late stages here 
of the legislative session. And go back to idaho8news.org to read not only about this bill, but also about the larger evaluation issue, because uh, we link from the story uh, about the new bill to the, the previous coverage. Right. You can get all caught up with the original story and the original issue. And, and it gets a little complicated, but we tried to break it down It's nicely. important stuff, so check it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of late stages of this legislative session, Kevin, uh, the literacy bill that came out of the House with a lot of momentum behind it last week, that momentum may have slowed down once it reached the Senate. What, uh, what's happening? Well, it's really interesting. On Thursday, uh, Senate Education took up one piece of the the literacy package. And we're really talking about two bills for now and then sure. a spending bill later. Now, the bill that they took up on Thursday, this kind of sets forth the mechanism for how uh, school districts are supposed to get extra help to kids who are not re reading at grade level, from kindergarten through third grade, 36,000 kids by, yep. by the state's estimates. Very skeptical questions from several members of the Senate Education Committee about how this money would be spent, what kind of results has the state gotten for uh, the money that it's already put into uh, literacy interventions, uh, even kind of the insinuation that maybe school districts are going to see this as sort of a cash cow and that they're not going to want to give up the extra funding for literacy interventions so there's not as powerful an incentive to, to get students reading at grade level. So where we're at right now, uh, the bill kind of ran out of time on Thursday. The Senate was going back into session. Uh, Senate uh, Education Committee Chairman Dean Mortimer put a hard stop on the discussion Thursday afternoon. It'll come up again next week. We'll see what sort of uh, fallout there is, what uh, sort of answers the committee members get between uh, now and next week, and, and what the fate of this bill is. Because you know, we've talked about this for weeks. At some points, it seems like the literacy package is moving right along. At some points, it hits a hiccup. This could be a pretty big hiccup. And it comes, you know, we talked about the press club luncheon the other day. Scott Bedke, the Speaker of the House, spoke passionately about how this is the one thing we need to get right in education right now. This is our top priority. It's more important than putting money into college scholarships or the tuition lock or anything like that. If we don't get kids reading at grade level by third grade, We've got a problem, and it's a problem we cannot accept, and we've all got to pull together and get it done. I mean, it was a very, I know he's been bullish on literacy, but he was really kind of kind of pounding the podium on that. And then you hit two days later, this uh, important piece of the puzzle goes into Senate Education Committee and kind of hits a little bit of a, a little bit of a road bump. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. The, the Speaker of the House seemed genuinely dismayed and frustrated. You don't hear him using this kind of language talking about a roads bill or a tax cut proposal. He seemed genuinely uh, dismayed and, and, and frustrated and wanting to do something on literacy. To tie it back to the budget, this is one of the things that's keeping the trailer bills, right. the supplemental budget bills from moving forward, which is why we still see the 6.8% increase. And JPEG will have to watch and wait to see what happens with this bill in Senate committee and on the Senate floor before they even try to attach a dollar figure to literacy. So if you're wondering why we're in kind of a holding pattern, this is one reason. It's a big reason. Yeah. Uh, bring us up to speed real quick. There's a couple of things that you're going to be watching 
next week, Kevin. Uh, more budget news. Right. Uh, we, what's going to happen? We get the other half of the budget equation coming up next week. This is the State Department of, Ed- of Education. A separate budget. budget from Not the to be confused right. with the budget that goes into the public school system. Because no one would ever do that. Well, right. You know, how, how could anybody uh, mistake the two? Because... But it is an important budget. It's how the State Department of Education functions, so we'll kind of see what happens with that when that comes up in committee. And, and election stuff, election news. You know, on Tuesday, aside from the presidential primary in Idaho, we'll also have some school levy elections. We'll, we'll do a roundup on Wednesday to see how those went. And campaign filings, candidate filings, those go through Friday. I'll be blogging about that all week, uh, get everybody caught up to speed about who's running for what. And whatever else comes up in, in politics and education at the State House, we will have it at idahoeducators.org. Another busy week ahead. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening. Come back next Friday for a brand new episode of Extra Credit. Meanwhile, follow Idaho Education News all week for the best daily coverage out of the state. Thanks for listening. I'm Clark. And I'm Kevin. Have a good week.